about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 327 That is three, it's two, it's seven Welcome to your Valentine's Day special. It is the ENS. Loves ah podcast. I'm your host Nathan Judah, and welcome back. Welcome back, my very special guest, my very good friend. He went away skiing as a boy. He's come back, still a boy. It is nah. Wolverhampton Wanderers reporter, Mister Liam Keane. And the crowd go wild. The crowd go wild for Spears. I mean, Keane. I literally was about to say the same. The crowd go wild. They think it's Spears. Oh, no, it's Keane. It's like that one of Roy Hodgson where he's like, uh. <laughs> I am. Um, I, 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 I haven't told you that I'm going to say this, but I'm going to let you know. Because I mean, we go back and forth quite a lot off uh, in the old WhatsApp um, texts and, and pictures. Oh, I won't be sharing any pictures. But but um, you obviously, I didn't. I forgot to tell you that, that he was coming on last week. It was great to see him, and you know, great show. Really enjoyed it. And uh, you just replied to me, probably hammered uh, apreski somewhere with about ten bottles of toffee chocolate vodka down. And you're like, well, might as well not come back then. Might as well not come back. I mean, I was wasted when I said that, by the way. Oh. Uh, and I was, I was joking, half joking. Half yeah, very half upset joke. because I, you know, it, it's always nice when you get tweets from people saying, "Oh, Liam, you do a great job," but Spears is way better. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't care. Um, absence, so, ma- absent, you know this. Absence makes the heart grow. That's fonder. true. And I'm a you big know, fan of Spears as well. I'm a big fan. So people can, can go away on it. loan. You can have like people like Geddes, like, "Oh, he's done really well on loan." Oh, I tell you what, it's the second coming of Fabio Silva. Then they come back and they're like, "Well, oh, actually, they're still not very good." It's not great. So, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, Spears, rubbish, mate. I mean, I haven't listened to it, but absolutely terrible. Get it. No, it, um, was, it, was good. it was good to see Tim. He's obviously, a, obviously he's a, a, good lad, a, 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 a deep and close friend of the Wolves body and will, always, will, will be and will always be um, happy, to, uh, happy to have him on. Maybe, maybe a three-way action. Now it's Valentine's Day one time. <laughs> well, I've asked that question a few times. Uh, <laughs> a couple of slaps in the process. Oh dear, how's it going, there, mate? Did you enjoy your skiing trip? Most importantly, I did. I did. It was. Uh, it was brilliant. Yeah, first time going away skiing. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of funny stories, but I'll, I'll try and be fairly quick with them. So, um, yeah, as I I've said, got a video. I, you said, can I? Can I show the video? Can I show the video here? I, I, I sent you one, didn't I? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I don't mind. Yeah, as long as it's not the one of me and uh, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, share that one. Wait, did I send you that video? Did I? <laughs> I, I thought you talked about the one of me skiing. Oh no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I don't mind you. I don't mind you showing it. Go on, I don't mind you showing it. Oh, okay, let me find it. I was. I was wait, wait, wait. Is it the one of me drinking? Like, uh, I don't know, man. I think you've got your top off though. Oh uh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Probably, probably best not because I'm. Um, this this could be going out early morning. No one wants to see that with the breakfast. Well, on the old preview, preview I was yeah. just doing a straight arm pint where you pour you pour it from a with a straight arm obviously and pour it from a height and drink it. Um, I was very really drunk at that time. I'll be honest with you. Oh, um, enjoy it you, you were a ski guy. You were a ski man. Now you've been converted. Well, I think I'll probably be going quite regularly now because this group that we've got are going to be going most years. I think so. It's going oh, to be yeah. uh, it's going to be good. Um, yeah. So basically, I 
no, I've never been skiing before. I went three mm. times to the snow dome before this trip. Got to the point where I was sort of turning, but turning in snowplow, and it was very slow and sort of yeah. trying to control and get used to my uh, technique. Um, and we went on the first run of the day. So we got there the Saturday. We got there late. So the first run was Sunday. We go do this green, and it's really flat. It's lovely. Mm. I'm just doing a few. T- it's really wide. Doing a few turns. Good, good confidence builder. Yeah, exactly. Feeling good, feeling good. We get to a bit where it turns off, sort of like a you know forked road, and it goes off to the right, off to the left. The right is carries on with the green. Mm-hmm. Um, the left is a red. Okay. And we may or may not have misread the signs. Uh oh. I mean, this is five minutes into my first first run. Oh no, Keen. We go left. We go and it's red. And I've got friends who are experienced and, and done it and been there before. Mm. And they said it was a really, really difficult red, like potentially a black difficulty. Oh. And they sent me down it. And let's go? just say I walked it. Oh no. And it, and it took me an hour and a half to get down probably. No. It was awful. No. Mate. So I tried to ski, completely lost it, gone. Someone had to rescue my skis. Confidence yeah. gone, I'm fuming, sweating. Yeah, so yeah sweating. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, big time. Trying to go up the slope um, to get a ski. You're like, you've you've got ice yeah, exactly. in your in your in your in your hand. You're like, I don't want to be here. I'm so annoyed. a few of them had a few of them had gone ahead of us and they had gone too far down it to turn around and say to us, Don't come down because it was that steep um and by that point i'd already gone so me and rosie rosie's better than me as well and she we'd already gone for it we both fell over both rescued our skis tried to stand up we walked a little bit trying just trying to get somewhere and then we both i went first she went second but we both just went we flew down this mountain probably 100 150 meters on our ass snow ice everywhere can't see a thing mate it was an actual nightmare Sounds like great mates. After that, yeah, I know, I know. After that, um, everything went perfectly. I mean, in the next sort Beautiful. of second day, third day, I was doing sort of quite difficult blues and a couple of reds, and I was sort of parallel turning, and I felt really good. So it went went really well. Um, and then it. I do have one, I do have one funny story from the from okay. the airport. I'll make it quick. Yeah. So we're in Grenoble Airport. I don't know if you ever if you've ever been. I have. It's it's not great. No, it's very small. Bit, Very bit small, mm, bit dirty, bit meh. Um, mm. We go through security, which in itself was a bit of a nightmare because it wasn't exactly organised. Um, mm. Go through. Uh, we're in pass in the queue for passport control. It's a snaked queue. I'm sort of here facing this way, going down, mm. and I'm with a load of my mates. And on the other side of the of the queue, coming towards me, some guy goes, "Is it Liam by any chance?" Oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh, hi, mate. Before I even had a chance to say anything, a, a friend of mine called Ollie who was with me, who is mm. very loud, like I've got a really mm. loud laugh. There's always one of those. Yeah, big, yeah. loud characters. Yeah. yeah. Almost in this guy's face, goes, no way! Because he realises that this guy's recognised me. And I just, oh my God, I swore. <laughs> Sorry. I just sunk into, my, in, into myself. Like I, I, I just... I, I, I was so embarrassed because it was at the top of his voice in the cube book control. It was, and this guy who has messaged me since, Joe Huxley, he messaged me, right. he's messaged me on Twitter since. 
he went, oh, yeah, I noticed you won at the, 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 the Chelsea game. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I've been on this holiday. And then I just didn't get a chance to have a conversation with him because all my mates were laughing and going, oh, oh we've got a celebrity here, doing all this kind of stuff in front of other people. Oh, and no, I just man. couldn't deal with it. I was like, oh, God, so awkward. So I felt really bad because I thought that Joe felt that I like didn't want to speak to him. And, mm. and so I was so glad he messaged me. We had a lovely chat. And I told him I'd give him a shout on the potty. So there was my story uh, with, a small, with a small swear word in the middle that I apologize for. Yeah. D- d- I mean, I mean, Mark, Mark's buzzing our producer now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's buzzing. He's already sworn. He's like, bring some ears back. Oh, like, he didn't sorry, have this problem. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry, Mark. Um, you love me still. Uh, so we'll go, we'll go, we'll go into some Wolf's chat. Um, apologies for the curtains behind me. Um, it's been, they're not my own curtains, but um, I did... I did go from Brentford on Saturday to Barbados on the Sunday. So um, we are we are both, well, you're on your day off and I'm on holiday. Uh, went down quite well on Valentine's Day. I'm sure with both of our misses. <laughs> we woke, woke up this morning and uh, I don't know if I can, oh, I might get a bit batlick, batlick here. Let's have a look. I see if I can so try and do something. Can you see that? Can you see that? No, yeah, we can see a little bit of greenery. A little bit, a little bit of greenery, no? A little bit of ocean, no? Looks all right. Absolutely. No, I can't really see the ocean, but I'm sure it's okay. So, so I woke up this morning and we're going to have a nice breakfast. And she says, um, okay, so what we're doing today. So I fancy a leisurely breakfast. Maybe we could have a bottle of champagne and then lay out, go in the ocean, uh, maybe have a wander along the beach. And I'm like, yeah, we've got half an hour for breakfast. I've then got to be back for the potty um, in the room. Uh, and she, let's just say it's not going down particularly well. Um, and she, uh, she um, has, has walked out in about, about 10 minutes ago. But it's all good, mate. I've got a couple of presents later on. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah. Where yeah, else? Where else would you rather be on Valentine's Day? Well, exactly. And you, you're a sweet talker. You'll you'll be able to win a round. I'm sure we talk about Wolverhampton Wanderers. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've okay. missed it. Well, look, we're going to talk about some of the games, but let's talk about the big news. The big news has only just come out. Um, what time we're we filming this? Uh, half past two your time. Uh, Mateus Cunha. The the fears, I guess, are have been confirmed. Really, uh, a significant, fairly significant. Injury to his hamstring. This was probably the worst case scenario you would have thought um, for Gary O'Neill, not just um, during the Brentford game and so early on in the Brentford game, but also in terms of the season, in terms of where Wolves are, in terms of how important he's been, and also in terms of their January business. Uh, discuss Liam. It's obviously a huge blow for the for the club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll just read a, a little bit of Gary's uh, mm-hmm. quotes out that um, came from his Sky interview that took place today. Um, no surprise that he was asked about it, of course, with uh, yeah. myself and lots of journalists trying to find out this week what's happened with, with Cunha. And it's all been very secretive um, up until this point. Um, so he said it's a, it's a significant injury to his hamstring. There's no timeline on it. I've spoken to Mateus a lot. and He just wants to keep pushing to get back as soon as he can. He started working on it already. So we're just going to monitor it week by week, day by day see how far he can come and how quickly we can get him back. He's keen to get back out there as soon as possible. Uh, he, he then goes on to say it's a big blow for the team and, and obviously for how well Mateus was uh, was playing um, at the time and, and has been for, for, for some time, really, for Wolves. Yeah, it's um, I'm not surprised to see no timeline put on it. Let's let's not uh, be silly. The, the club will mm-hmm. have a timeline. Mateus and the me- medical team will have a timeline in mind. Um, so it isn't that there is no timeline. It's that Gary Neal is not revealing the timeline. And that's no real surprise. He did the same with Pedro Neto. And um, mm-hmm. it took some time to get um, maybe a number or some sort of idea out of Gary. I think it took quite a few questions at a press conference to eventually get something out of him around the ne- around Neto. And of course, we'll, we'll try and do the same again with, with Mateus. The, the situation is, is this, though, um, fairly significant. Um, it's not exactly a good a good diagnosis for, for Mateus Cunha. Pedro Neto was out for around about eight weeks. Um, mm-hmm. 
And we were told by Gary after that, that that was a little bit ahead of time as well. So obviously we're speculating here, but if we assume it's along a similar timeline, it could be less, it could be more, depends on the severity of the injury. But if we assume it's on a similar timeline, we're not going to see Mateus Cunha for a couple of months, potentially longer. Um, and that for Wolves is a major, major issue, not just because of the fact they have limited attacking options, mm-hmm. but because there's a, there's a number of players in this system that Gary Neal has been playing that are truly specialist and hybrid to this system. Uh, Totti Gomez is one, Ryan Aitnori is another, Mateus Cunha is a third, obviously all down that left side because that's where a lot of the interchange uh, comes from in this in this sort of formation. Um, mm-hmm. And losing Mateus Cunha means that, yes, you've got Pedro Neto who can play on the left and you, you'd imagine he, he plays there f- for the foreseeable now. Um, but it's very much a different left winger. It's very much a different option. Losing someone of Mateus's quality, his intelligence, the numbers he's been putting on, on the board this season, um, it's, it's a major blow for both a tactical point of view and, and a numbers point of view. Wolves are, are in a difficult place numbers-wise. They now need a few more to step up in, uh, in his absence. Yeah, um, obviously a devastating blow. What I would say, Liam, and, and I, I think you're completely right, and it's very... Difficult, I think, at this stage to speculate on his return and how integral he is to this team. It, it, it's huge. However, what I would say, and this is the the fan looking on and seeing what the injury was, you saw Pedro Neto and you saw instantly the hamstring go in a heap, in agony, carried off on a stretcher. Of course, you know, Pedro said he would be back sooner than a lot sooner than, than he thought. Gary O'Neill, I think, behind closed doors, they didn't really say this until he came back, but this was this was a significant injury that was going to take, you know, three months, you know, tw- best part of 12 weeks before to get him back on the pitch as a starter. Um, Mateus Cunha's looked a little bit innocuous to a certain extent. You know, he felt it, he went down, um, he tried to carry on, then kind of walked off. On his own way, Gary Neal said he was positive. You know, in the after the after the game, it's obviously worse than they thought. But I just wonder whether it might not be as serious as Pedro Neto's, and maybe the best. And I'm saying this is the best case scenario. The best case, the worst case scenario, I think, is what you're saying time frame wise. I would yeah. say, Liam, and people obviously heal in different ways. Best case scenario, I would say, for like a Cunha would be maybe around the four-week to six-week mark, maybe, is that, you know, that's still fairly significant. And I think anything else is a huge bonus. But I would say that maybe that, from the outside looking, would be the best-case scenario if we can lose him for a month. Now, the big issue is, of course, Liam, is the timing of this. Now, if it happened in January, and there's a couple of games in January, you don't mind as much, do you? I mean, it's still a frustrating blow. But the likes of, I mean, the games they've got coming up, really, in the next month or, let's say, six weeks, I mean, that's... That's the best part of seven games, eight games. Spurs away, Sheffield United at home, massive game in the FA Cup against Brighton, Newcastle away, Fulham at home. These are the games where you're expecting him to definitely miss, you know, at least five, six games. Because even though if it is three, four weeks, you're still missing five or six games, unfortunately, because after everybody's coming back from the winter break, after all these tournaments, the games really ramp up thick and fast. And it's up to... Huang He Chan now to come back in. We know he missed the game with a, a slight calf strain, but Gary Neal's expecting him to be fit and we're all expecting him to probably lead the line, I'm sure, at Spurs on Saturday. But it it's where they've got to go again now, make do and continue to, to show the form that they have done and prove people wrong. And they have done that, Liam. And I think that 
if they can get him back in, let's say, a month, best case scenario, if they can still continue to to prove people wrong and get a couple of wins, you know, if they get beat by Spurs, a lot of teams can get beat by Spurs on Saturday, but, you know, still, Sheffield United at home, very winnable. If they can get through, and it's a massive game, they can get through Brighton on the Wednesday night in the FA Cup fifth round, then you're at Newcastle away. And then, you've, then you're looking into that Wolves-Fulham, Wolves-Bournemouth around the 9th or 16th, and you're thinking, well, you know, there may be a chance by then, but if, if they can get a Premier League win and, and through to the quarter-final before Cunha comes back, I think that will be the aim. And sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> That's all good. No, yeah, I think the manner in which he went, he went off, as you, as you mentioned there, is I would like to think bodes well for Wolves and Mateus Cunha. Um, the issue is as well that the medical team will will be very careful with this, mm-hmm. as they were with Neto, and rightly so, because hamstrings are an awkward injury. Um, the last thing they want to do is bring him back too quickly and sure. injure him further or more severely. Um, and it also comes back to the issue of mentioning a timeline. Now, obviously, I'll be pushing to get a timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be speaking to people and trying to get that information. But from the club's point of view, I also understand why they don't want to give a timeline and why Gary Neal doesn't want to give a timeline because the medical department are then under pressure to deliver that sure. within that time. So um, you would like to think that it is on that four to six week mark, which is certainly possible. And I think that that's still, I would class as fairly significant. It depends on your interpretation of the of the wording, but I would class that as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, when you look at the reference of Neto and, and the injury he had there, there is that possibility as well. And that's the the most worrying thing. Um, and, and if you get into those latter numbers, we're talking about, you know, near enough the end of the season by yeah. then as well. And and the last thing Wolves or Mateus Cunha need is his season being written off with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So Gary Neal will be disappointed on, on, on many uh, fronts with this one, but more so in the, in the, 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 the fact that they didn't bring anyone in and we knew about the risk of letting Kalajic and Silva go and not bringing anyone in. And, and now they're, their limited options are, are there, laid bare for everyone to see again. One person who will be jumping for joy, and obviously he doesn't want his teammate to be injured, but one person who will be pleased that in to some respect that they're going to be probably keeping their place will be Pablo Sarabia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neto will play on the left. Huang will yeah. probably play as the nine. Sarabia yeah. will keep his place on the right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's up to him and others, of course, but up to him now to keep that momentum going. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's a catch-22, isn't it? Like you say, they'll probably internally want they'll have a best-case scenario, worst-case scenario, and 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 Cunny will go and, and hopefully be be ready to go. Pedro Neto, I think they have to be a little bit more careful with as well because of the pace and what he relies on in his game. I mean, he's got to be at 100% because of the pace that he goes at. Cunha, maybe a little bit more deep-lying, maybe, you know, pace isn't quite his game, but at the same time still needs to be fully fit. And we've looked at someone like Elise and Eze, you know, in Crystal Palace, and that they came back too early. Uh, and and you know they have a game or two games and they're cropped for four, six, seven, eight weeks. I think so. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult one. I think it'd be very difficult to actually get a timeline externally from us because I don't think they'll know themselves. They'll have an idea, but you know, to say X player is going to get you know is going to come back on X day, it's just it's just not the way to go these days. But like you say, we'll we'll keep on keep on finding a way. Um, yeah, you're right. Pablo Sarabia, a big chance for him. And and you, you touch on it there, Liam. I mean, this is a worst case scenario for Wolves. In the well, worst case scenario is if they were sixteenth, seventeenth, and this happened. Let's be honest. Yeah, correct. They're, they're comfortably mid. They're comfortably mid table. Um, they're not going down. So yes, it's um, it's disappointing. But when they've got so far, Liam, this could be the difference between maybe a really big run in the FA Cup or a little push towards eighth. And 
you know, finishing in mid-table obscurity, which, of course, people would have taken at the start of the season. At the same time, people will look to January. They will look to the signings that didn't happen. They'll look to the likes of Sasha Kalajic. I'm not going to say Fabio Silva too much because I think Gary O'Neill didn't really fancy him regardless of, of being allowed to go. And these players, whether you like it or not, would have been very important now for the, for the potential next four, six weeks until the end of the season. They haven't got that. And I think everybody's going to be very careful. And I think Gary is as well. I know he got 45 minutes at, uh, at Brentford, Nathan Fraser, but you cannot rely on a young kid to come in and, and get you out that hole. You know, this is a guy who maybe should be coming on as a cameo once every two or three games and, and finding his feet. He's not blessed with, with crazy pace. And um, and so I think you can't, you've got to almost put him to one side and say, well, that's someone who can come on for a little bit if we're really pushing to win a game. But the likes of Bellegarde to come on, you know, finding a number nine, um, that's the most important thing now. How can they do it in the next six weeks? And, and the slight worry for me, Liam, as well, on top of that, is Pedro Neto, Huang Hee Chan, not got, the, not got the greatest injury record themselves. You know, you've got someone in Cunha we haven't seen injured yet. And you're really hoping that these two can stay on the pitch and play the majority of minutes, which Gary O'Neill will be will be asking them to do. I'm mean, very surprised if either of them come off, you know, early in games as a regular substitution. So that's putting even more pressure now on this small squad. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I, I spoke to, to Dave Edwards earlier this week for, for the column that we do, and he put it really well. You know, you've got Cunha, Neto, Huang, you can survive with this Wolf squad losing one of them. I mean, obviously you want all three of them, but if you lose sure. to injury, one of them, you can survive. You lose two, this Wolf team looks really different, losing two out of that three. I mean, lose three out of three, God forbid, and, oh, that, and that's yeah. a disaster. But mm-hmm. um, you lose two out of that three and, and Wolves look a different team. Um, and obviously with Cunha coming off after 20 minutes against uh, Brentford and Huang not being available with that, that calf strain um, meant that Wolves did play what, 80, 85 minutes with with just Neto out of that trio. So losing one of those two alongside Cunha would be would be really devastating to this team now. And you do make a good point that look, Huang's had his, his issues. He's had a couple um, this season, very very minor, but a couple of little niggles here and there. He had one mm. while he was away with, with South Korea as well. Obviously, Neto's had a serious injury this, this season and has done in previous seasons. That's the biggest concern and, and biggest red flag for Gary Neal to watch. And it's a good point you made about Nathan Fraser. We spoke about it on the last podcast that we did after the United game. That as good a player as I think he is, yeah, as a young talent and, I th- and as a person, and, and you know mm-hmm. he's from Wolverhampton. The story's brilliant. The story's amazing. He is a Villa fan, which is disappointing, but um, but he is oh, from the area. Totally me. He... <laughs> Shut up. And um, <laughs> it's. I can understand why fans are so desperate for him to be the Messiah. Sure. Like, I completely get it. In an ideal world, he'll between now and the end of the season, he'll work his way into the starting eleven. He'll end up playing the majority of games, and he'll go score four, five, six goals between now and mm-hmm. the end of the season. I would love that to be the case. And if he goes and does it, prove me wrong. Fair play. You know, hats off to you. And he, I think he's talented enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But you, I think fans have to understand how difficult it is. For yeah. players to make an impact in the Premier League, and that's not just young players. Look at Pablo Sarabia; mm-hmm. he is an experienced Spanish international. Was at yeah. PSG mm-hmm. over in um, over in France. Played for big clubs. Played at Real Madrid earlier in his career. He's played at big clubs. He's been at big arenas, and he was 
pretty dreadful for mm. the for the first few months yeah. of his Wolves career, if we're being brutally honest. Well, and Matthias Cunha took a while to get going as well, Liam. No, that's a, that's a very good point. It's a very good point. Um, even the start of this season. Sarabi was really struggling. There were rumours coming out of maybe a move here, a move there in yeah. January, which is no coincidence considering he was struggling. Mm-hmm. And then, out of nowhere, it clicks. Now, he, the kind of player he is, he isn't necessarily up to the physical standards of the Premier League, but if you pick and choose the right games for him, there, there's a, a, a very technical and very impressive player there. And he's shown that, I think, consistently over the last few months. Um, but he took time to do it. An 18-year-old, yes, he's a he's a bigger lad. He's almost an old-school number nine, really, in, in in the modern game. But he's 18, and I the I used the example in the in the last potty we did of, of Wayne Rooney being a generational talent at 16 mm-hmm. years old. They don't come around very often, and if Nathan Fraser Fraser proves me wrong and goes on to be that, I'd be absolutely delighted. Mm-hmm. But he needs the time. In yeah. time, I think he will become a very good player for Wolves. But I don't mm-hmm. think fans should be. Or yeah, should be expecting the world of him right now. Give him that time to develop and become the player Wolves need, and that just means that for now until the end of or mid May, whenever the season ends, Wolves are going to need probably different solutions, and that means Huang, Neto injuries, hopefully uh, mm. not creeping in. Bellegarde, Sarabia, uh, you're probably relying on Eight Nori for a lot of attacking out output as well. <sighs> well in, found in, himself in the number nine spot, you know. Recently, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. I know someone's given us a question for this poddy saying we are going to see Doherty as a number nine at some point this season, aren't we? And I thought that was really <laughs> funny, but probably quite accurate. If we're being honest, he, he might have five minutes there at some point. So it, it's it's up to the senior lads now, not up to Nathan Fraser, is sure. the point I will give. The pressure is not on him, but anything he does give is a massive mm-hmm. bonus. Yeah. And look, Kunyu's can can a pretty young guy as well. Hopefully, he'll be coming back. Sooner rather than later, wish him all the best. And obviously mentally as well, you know, he's, he's coming off the best period of his career form-wise, you know, in, in the best league in the world. He's just gone to Chelsea and scored a hat-trick, for God's sake. Um, you know, and comes off after 20 minutes against Brentford and, and you start to think that this this guy could end up scoring 15, 20 goals. And really at the start of the season, Liam, we're thinking, you know, is Mateus Cunha someone who's maybe going to score seven, eight goals max in a season and maybe as many assists because he's more of a facilitator, but he's taken the mantle on brilliantly. So huge blow to to the team and, and to the fans, but also to, to, to Cunha himself. So, like I say, we wish him well there. Um, in terms of it overall and this and this the situation they're in, the focus will go back onto onto January, onto where they are. Do you feel that there is um, warranted frustration in the fan base with what happened in January? Of course, I understand the FFP. I understand that they could not have overspent, but they did have deals in place that did not happen in the end but from where they left and and the the plays they released and that they didn't get players over the line is this something that you think is fair income of them to get some criticism absolutely look i think fans are you know you pay their hard-earned money to go watch wolves and um and expect and hope for the best are well within their rights to be disappointed and frustrated at the lack of options um Wolves will have known it was a risk doing this and, and they'll have hoped that their injury record, which has been pretty good this season by and large, will um, will, will, will hold up. And look, losing one player in Mateus Cunha does not mean Wolves are completely down and out and don't have a starting eleven to play. Look, they're going to they're gonna go out there with, uh, with their best team and, and, I, and I'm sure we'll pick up some very good results between now and May. But it does put the pressure on losing more players and put the pressure mm-hmm. on the players that will play to perform losing a player like Mateus Cunha. So, 
the fans I completely understand being um, being angry and disappointed, and and so they should be. At the same time, there was an argument in January that we both put out there at the very least to say, do Wolves risk it and bring in a player that maybe isn't right just for the sake of bringing a player in? Gary O'Neill's have been adamant throughout January that he will not bring a player in for the sake of it. It has to be someone who is going to improve us and add to this group, which mm-hmm. I totally understand from his point of view. Um, at the same time, he'll also be frustrated not having the numbers. So it's a little bit of, you know, have your cake and eat it situation where he, he wants numbers and wants the squad, but also doesn't want to bring players in that maybe don't fit that squad. Mm-hmm. It's a really difficult balancing act to, to have in January, but I get it from where he's coming from. And then from a financial point of view, you mentioned the, the FFP situation, which is well documented, but also the club's point of view. And it's it's a ruthless one. And it's one I've mentioned uh, on the potty before the holiday as well. But um, from the, uh, the club's perspective, are they going to risk either financially or just in terms of a footballing sense, bringing someone in that doesn't really fit the squad or fit the, mm-hmm. fit the, uh, the group and the dressing room, um, mm-hmm. you know, risk upsetting the apple cart to some extent? to bring a player in that maybe will give them a couple extra points here or there? Oh, is one striker going to come in and necessarily move Wolves into seventh or take yeah. Wolves into the FA Cup final? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, a purely business, ruthless business point of view, the crazy we can wait until the summer. We have enough to see us through till May. We can wait until some. We're not going to get relegated. We're not desperate mm-hmm. to bring someone in. We're not desperate to keep our position in the Premier League. Sure, we can we can stick as we are and gamble in the summer. And it's not an attractive point of view from a fan base who are you know paying their harder money, as I say, to go to go buy tickets and and, and watch their team. Mm-hmm. But it's also football doesn't always come into it. It's football and business at the same time, and and the club have to make difficult decisions. That I imagine will have come into their thinking as well. And and as frustrating as it is now, in hindsight, knowing Cuny is not there, there was an argument at the time to say that if it's not the perfect forward for the perfect deal, then Wolves don't need to do it. That's true. That's true. Although I'm pretty sure that and, and look, I think they will say we had to make we we made the right decision. I don't regret any of the decisions that were made. I'm sure now, Liam, if if Gary Neal was offered. Um, Sasha Kalajic back for the till between now and the end of the season, they will snap your hand off. They would not have let him go. That's for certain, right? If they so. knew what was going to so, happen. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I think so. I mean, look, Gary, Gary said as well that, um, which I thought was really interesting uh, after the the United game in the in the press conference there that, um, he he was sort of implied to him that allowing Kalajic to go would free up the wages available to bring someone in, and then he mm-hmm. said. But it turns out that wages weren't really the issue. So I think it was clearly greenlit to allow Kalajic to go in the idea of bringing someone in. Because um, originally the, the club's stance was that he wasn't going until there was a replacement. And then that changed. There was yeah. footballing yeah. and personal reasons with with Kalajic to, to allow that. But Gary O'Neill was clearly expecting someone to come in and it didn't happen. Sure. Uh, and that will be the frustration for him, I'm sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't want to go t- too much on Brentford, really, because I think this is the most important thing to talk about. We've talked about it for a long time, but you know, this is this is a developing huge story, I think, and you know, we're here to bring you the the breaking news. I think that's the most important thing, and and discuss the big, the bigger picture, which I think we, you know, obviously is what the podcast is about anyway. And um, what I would say about Brentford, Liam, is, and and this is connected to Cunha a little bit, but with Cunha down, and you mentioned about Pedro Neto, you know, just having one of those three available, you know. Huang's back now, so hopefully it's two. But if the, the worrying thing that I saw on that game and the big reason why I think they lost the game, 
Um, I got flashbacks to when Pedro Neto was doing so well, but the only real creative spark in this team. And there was a period at 1-0 down, and I know they had a really good period where they needed to score. But there was a period at 1-0 down, especially in those last 40 minutes of the game, where there was they were literally passing to Pedro Neto and asking him to do something, do something special, go past two. And all Brentford did was double-team Pedro Neto. And, you know, he was slightly ineffective. Um, I know he hit the post, but overall... You take Neto out of the game. You take Wolves out of the game as an attacking force. And they're going to have to have some different options to try and uh, change that around because you don't want just passing to your play and hoping them to beat two. I remember they did it with Adama Traore for a while when he was on fire. Passed to Adama Traore and hope for the best. And I felt like they were relying too much on Neto and you've got to have a little bit more about you. Um, they'll have a plan in place. I'm sure Gary Neal, he's, he's been fantastic this season. Let's, let's not... Be about the bush. He's still been fantastic. He said they will lose games like this. They'll go to Chelsea and they'll probably get beat. They might get beat by Brentford. This is what will happen with this Wolves team. They will lose games that they should win and they'll win games that they're expected to lose. But they'll need to adapt, adapt quickly. And what I would say with this management team in place is that they will have already a plan in place with how they can make best of these next four to six weeks without Mateus Cunha, what games they can potentially... I'm not saying target because he's very much the next game, the next game, but they will have an idea of how they want to play, how they want their players to be, what position they want them to be and how they win games from between now and, and let's say, you know, the beginning to the middle of March. And go all out for the FA Cup against Brighton. I, well, uh, I think, so, you know, and that's got to be one of the targets, you know. I, I think, think that's so. a huge game. You know, you've got to look at it and you think, first of all, Sheffield United, you could win that game, but... You look at that Brighton game. I'm not. I'm not writing off Spurs. Of course not. You don't write off any game. But I'm kind of in my head as I'm writing that off. I don't really care. I care, but I don't care. As long as you beat Sheffield United, yeah, you've had a disappointing loss to Brentford. But if you if you look at those four games, if you beat Sheffield United, that would be you know a win at a win at Chelsea, lose against Brentford. Let's say you lose on Saturday and then you beat Sheffield United. That's still six points in four games. That's still keeping you right in the mix there. One, two, lost two. It's the draws that kill you. So if you can beat Sheffield United at home and pick up anything you can on Saturday, bonus. But that Brighton game is massive and no replays. So, you know, there's a game, you know, you're going to a result on the night. And that should be what they can do. And hopefully, best case scenario, they're comfortable against Sheffield United. They've played really well and you can take off maybe you know, your Huangs and your Pedro Netos with 20 minutes or so to go and keep them ready for, for Wednesday night. But they will have it in mind. They will have had meetings. They will know what to target, what not to target. And uh, and hopefully, Liam, hopefully we're, we're sat here in a month's time and and everybody's back and, and, and they're cooking again. But it's just a little bit worrying with, with everything that's developed recently. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm already getting excited for that Brighton game when you when you bring it Ooh, up. Um, oh, baby. Feels like a big one. Um, yeah, you don't want to become too one-dimensional, do you? You don't want to become a one-trick pony and, and play to Neto and hope that something happens. But I don't think Wolves will become that. I think that, mm. that Brentford game itself, for, for several reasons, was um, an, an anomaly in that sense. I think Aitnori is a player who's been absolutely superb this season, I'm a massive mm. fan of, and I think is really creative and dangerous. I think it's up to him to step up. It's up to all the players I'm about to mention to step up, really. Um, Huang coming back in and you'd imagine playing number nine to, mm -hmm. with South Korea. He was getting a couple of goals here and there and he wasn't actually performing that well, but he was popping up in the right positions. He had obviously unbelievable performances before that, but sure. the, former, the former dipped a little bit and he popped yeah. up with a few goals here and there. Um, even that would be, would be major. Um, so any, any kind of inputs from him, an impact from him is, is desperately, as I mentioned, Sarabia and Bellegarde. Bellegarde, I think, has been 
sacrificed a little bit in the absence of Huang, uh, having to play this makeshift number nine position and um, his performances have, have dipped because of that. He's obviously not a number nine mm-hmm. and he's having to fill that void for, for the lack of any other options, really. Now having Huang back, Huang will play as number nine, you know, 99 albums. And um, that I hope will free up Belagard to play a more natural position for him and and see what we saw against Liverpool and a little bit against Luton before he got sent off um, right at the beginning of when he first signed. So if we can get back to any kind of form uh, for him as well, that'd be, that'd be really important. So um, there's, there's players there, there's talent there. There's a lot of important and very, very good players in that team to, to make up for it. But you've now got to do it without Mateus Cunha. That's the, that's the challenge. Well, Mr. Liam Keane, you have taken the words right out of my little mouth because you have said in that squad there is plenty of talent. And it's February the 14th. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. And I have asked you and myself... What a segue. My, you and myself to come up with your Valentine of the season so far. Lots of talent in there. Lots of Totty. Gomez. Um, <laughs> they pay me the big bucks for this, okay? Big bucks. Poor, 11 grand a year. Disgrace. Uh, <laughs> so, Liam King, without further ado, um, who is your Wolves Valentine? This is a terrible, terrible, terrible day for me to make this choice. Oh. We ju- oh, we've just we've just spoken about him for forty odd minutes, and he's now injured. Oh no! For the foreseeable, but Mateus Cunha has to be my Valentine, and I'll give I'll give you a few reasons why. From a Go footballing on. point of view, he is silky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't like it. Oh yeah, he is. Uh, it's not what Rosie said last night. Nah, I don't. I don't know who that is. Um, she, he, he, who? He's uh, he's intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's easy on the eye. Oh, I'm trying to think of some more ones. I can't, I'm struggling to think of uh, ones that relate to Valentine's. Uh, look, I, I just think he's a really, really good player. That, that smile, really that well. smile. He lights up a room with that smile. Those teeth, that. great teeth, great set. Um, from a footballing point of view, been wonderful. But, mm. and this sounds incredibly biased, um, which it is. So, <laughs> so enjoy it. Um, he's a really nice guy as well. And, it might not mean a lot to some people, but when you're having to work around footballers and you know be in this environment, um, you, you it makes life and job a lot easier to have people who are just pleasant to be around. And he's been nothing but pleasant every time I've spoke to him, every time I've been around him. Um, I interviewed him once with his young family around and he's, he's a couple of his kids around. And he, he's just a really nice, humble positive, friendly guy. And that for me is a it just makes life so much easier to to do my job really in some respects. Now, obviously I'm not speaking to him every day, but it, it just, mm. you use, use the phrase there, lights of a room. He does do that. He's a big character. Mm. He's a nice guy. He's engaging. He feels like, you know, you can speak to some footballers and it's like, I know you, I know you'd want to do anything, but speak to me right now. <laughs> Whereas, which quite a lot of a people, lot of people not, not, yeah. like I said, not just footballers, mate. Not just footballers. Um, but Mateus Cunha, whether he's just a good actor or not, I don't know, but he genuinely makes, you know, he, he seems like he wants to be there. And that's a big plus for me. So it's an incredibly biased answer. Um, but I don't mind being biased uh, once in a while. And I'm going to use my, my bias chip right now. I'm throwing Mateus Cunha in there. Love it, love it. Mateus Cunha, Liam Keane's Valentine. 
Okay, my Valentine. So, Liam, you see all the popular girls, and <laughs> a bit like when I was at school, but most of them, they're out of your league. They didn't speak to um, you, for sure. No, no, they don't speak to me. They're in the cool crowd. And you have your little harem of friends, and you have one particular friend who's a girl, and you never really looked at her that way. And you make mistakes and you, are, you laugh a lot and then you have fallings out. But you know, you, you, they're your mate, you know, so you can have through the good times and the bad times together. But then the fallings out become less and less. The laughing and joking comes a little bit more. It's a little bit of touchy-feely, a brush against wow. the shoulder. There's a, there's a slight connection there. There's a, there's a closeness there. Your hairs stand up on the back of your neck. Oh, they, look at, they look at you. You look at them like you've never seen them before. And you lean in and you just know. You know it feels right. My Valentine for February the 14th, 2024, is Nelson Semedo. Nelson Semedo is my Valentine. Um, Someone who has obviously had his difficult moments in his career. He's also had some very good moments where he's put a lot of um, games together, whether through injury, through form. There's always been a rick in his game. I actually think that barring the hamstring where he came off under Bruno when he was having his best spell at the club, this is he's currently going through his best spell. He's become reliable. He's... He's definitely with his confidence. You can see it not just you see when he's confident because not only is he defensively is he is he organized, but also he's making those runs, but he's making those runs at the right time. He's overlapping when you need it. The I, I know he needs to add more goals to his game. He definitely does and assists. But the positions he's getting in further up the field, but then not leaving himself short at the back, he's reading the game very, very well. And I think that's there's no coincidence that when Gary's come across and he's definitely back Nelson Samedo, I think a lot of people, sometimes including us, when Doc was brought, we thought he could actually come in and take over that right wing back slot. I actually think that regardless of that, Doc coming into this club has been great for Samedo. It's helped him and maybe mm. just give him a push because there was a there was an, um, a comfort level, I think, last year where he wasn't really being pushed for his spot. He is now, and I think you're seeing the best out of him. Nelson Samedo, you are Nathan Judas Valentine, my friend. I think, it's, I think it's a good choice. No, I completely agree with the, um, the in terms of the best spells. That spell under Bruno before that injury, which is probably about sort of October to February time, 21 into 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now probably the last, what, maybe three, four months, to be honest, adding mm-hmm. all together by, by yeah. and large. By and large, obviously, there's, there's always games here and there that aren't up to up to standards, as with every player. But by mm-hmm. and large, been very good. Um, and I don't know if fans actually care about this, but I'm going to mention it again. He's another one, by the way. He was actually a really good guy when you speak to him, and 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 you know, I spoke to him a few times this season and over the last few seasons. Um, another, you know, good character, someone who, you know, seems seems pleased to be there, and pleased to yeah. have him play for enjoying his and football, that, absolutely, exactly, yeah. And that's a really important thing for because we, we spoke about it loads. But you've got players who clearly don't want to play for Wolves and, and are contracted to the club, whereas I don't think Nelson Smaller is that at all. Um, and then just finally on that, the point you made about. Gary O'Neill backing him. I think that's what Semedo needs. He, he seems to me like that kind of person and player that that needs that arm around the shoulder a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gary has said, look, you're my man. 
he's backed him from the start and he's now reaping the rewards for it. Excellent. Right. That's our section. We're going to go straight into, do you know what? We're going to get, because it's Valentine's, we're going to go straight into another section, another segment Here we before go. we take questions. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Well, I mean, you're back. So this segment comes back. One by popular demand, keen or not keen? Are you ready? You don't have to be super long answers. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Keen or not keen? A wolf's potty on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I am keen. It, it is my day off. But ever the professional, you're abroad and you're still recording. Obviously, I didn't do that last week. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on my day off still recording. But you know what? I wouldn't. There's no one better to spend Valentine's Day with than you, even if it's virtually. Oh, it's nice, isn't uh, it? Mate, you can have fun virtually anytime. You know, absolutely. You have to, <laughs> and it's for free. You don't have to pay. You don't have to take, bang tokens in every. Well, you can if you want. You know, what I mean, we'll take what we can. Oh, I'll, I didn't like yesterday, man. I mean, Alana's, uh, bless her, she's quite sun-kissed and she's um, half Filipino. So, you know, she's got quite brown skin. So I left my, we went to sunbathe yesterday and I left my suntan lotion inside. So she's like, oh, let's have some of mine. What factor was it? Factor, factor 10. Oh. So. I can't do that. So I mean, like, you can see how pale what? I am. It's not going to work. <laughs> so I bang it on. And, um. I was like, oh, should we just sunbathe for a bit? So I'm like, no, I want to be in the ocean. You know, you're there. You, be- I mean, beautiful blue yeah. sea. You've seen what Barbados like. Incredible. I've sent you a few pictures, but you can imagine, like, literally just turquoise. So I'm like, I'm gonna go straight out. I'm gonna swim to the very, you know, the very edge where all the boys are and stuff. So right out, right the way across, right the way back. About a 25 minute swim. You know, you get a bit of cardio in as well. Perfect. Um, felt pretty good. Got back, laid out in the sun, but the the canopy was over it, so I was in the shade. Got. Uh, to the room last night and it's that light when you're getting ready in your hotel room that kind of like you know the light overneath your bathroom and I looked at myself mate and I can't really can't really show you too much but I have I have burned baby all over and there's like and haven't quite got my trunks right so they were like a little bit slanted so there's this slanted diagonal line of just g-string lobster pink and then white Ooh. not a great look and i've got another no eight nine days here not the best not the best not i mean great. i would burn straight I'm, I'm a factor 50 guy it's that irish mm. skin i've got it, i burn very quickly very very quickly oh mate so not, not a good look anyway um keen or not keen avocado keen Aphrodisia. yeah definitely oh, keen Aphrodisia. yeah no 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 big fan of big... i mean obviously dependent on uh, the meal, but I had it the other night. Me and Rosie had a little salmon good. poke bowl that she oh, she yes, avocado in there, delicious. Mate. Love Very that, good. perfect. Love that, love that. Uh, I knew that'd be the street. Oysters, keen or not keen? Uh, I'll say keen. I'm, I, I, I'd have to be the mood, it wouldn't be something I would have regularly. Um, well, it's Valentine's Day, baby. Bow chicka wow wow. This is all aphrodisiacs. Come on, no, I'll go for it. Chocolate's an aphrodisiac, isn't it? Mm, yeah, but not three and a half. Paxworth, mate. Seen you go through it. I've got some waiting over here. I'll have to go for some. Oh, oh um, well, we've got that coming up. Well, oh, you've missed it. That's what I was going to say. The next thing, body chocolate. Is that what you got? Do, you got some body chocolate. I no, I actually don't. I actually don't. Oh, I, come on. If, if I did, I would get. I'd get the bottle right now and show you. Um, keen or not keen? You've you've used body chocolate before. I think I have once. With <laughs> she or shall not be named. Uh, keen or. 
keen on not keen. What Voldemort? Um, <laughs> keen, on, keen on not keen. Uh, Santiago Breno will get a run of games between now and the end of the season. There was a, yeah, there's a couple of questions about that as well. Mm. Um, not because I don't think he's improved because he definitely has, but I'm going to say not keen. Okay. Craig Dawson had a bit of a stinker didn't he against Brentford, but um, and, and actually, if we're going to be fair, he's been yeah. off it. A little bit here and there, so. definitely, definitely so. not consistently. But there's been yeah. the occasion where he's not been up to scratch. But I still think he's really important to this Wolves team. Um, I think that back back three, as long as everyone's fit, will play the majority of the minutes. Okay. If Pedro Neto stays fit between now and the end of the season, he will be sold this summer for less than sixty-six million pounds. Keen or not keen? 66. It, I think it depends a lot on the impact of between now and the end of the season. Does he go on and get the same sort of goals assist ratio he's been on? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a tad more than that. But less could mean 65 and a half. Could, so, exactly. That's that's what, so that's what the will, game is. I will go keen, mm-hmm. but with the caveat of I don't think it's I don't think it's much less if it is. What do you say to the people who say you're talking absolute rubbish? He's absolutely brilliant. Look at some of the fees that other that, that other wingers slash forwards are going for. Or this guy should be worth 80, 90 minimum. I would say injury record has a big impact on that. I would say consistency to an extent because, look, he's had a couple of bad seasons. I know it's been a really good season for him so far, but there's um, there is consistency issues there to, to some extent. And I think he's got a lot to learn still. I think as a yeah. both a, a professional and, and a player, um, so I think that would I think the sixty to seventy would be would be not by any means a steal or a bargain mm-hmm. or Wolves getting. I, th- I think it'd be sort of somewhere in the middle. I think it's good money, but yeah. Wolves would be happy enough with that because also going in the other direction, he's he's at a good age. He's clearly mm-hmm. a very very talented player. Um, I would imagine he goes on and plays for, for Portugal internationally more regularly as well. Obviously, she sure. has done a few times, but mm-hmm. um, I think that's probably uh, that, that region. I think makes sense. Um, but you never know. Wolves might turn around and say he's on a long contract. He's not going anywhere unless you give us hundred million. I don't think so. I think they would let him go for a lot less than that. But it, it's it's the club's prerogative. Yeah. He's uh, he's under contract for a while. Last one. Liam Keane will be engaged by the end of twenty twenty four. Keen or not keen? Keen, baby. Oh, oh, oh! I'm absolutely stunned. So is Rosie going to be, by the way? Oh, no one's watching. No one, no one's watching. No one listens to this. No one. Wow. Honestly, yeah. Wow. Wow. See how it goes. Oh, crikey. Those what's that snow done to you? What's just the slopes <laughs> want it? Right, let's move on. Questions from the peeps. Okay, we haven't got too many um to get to tonight because we, we've obviously spoken a lot about these. So um here we go. John Charlesworth says, has our defence become a liability of late as the majority of the goals we have conceded uh, during our last few games were genuinely attributed to basic defensive errors that should have been avoided? I mean, John, like Gary, Gary O'Neill said as well, like shocking. Like 
sometimes he's you can see the frustration from a player's point of view. He doesn't say, you know, we're, we're disappointing here. He's like terrible goals to give away, like awful goals. Like he's very frustrated. And there have been kind of individual errors. I mean, sometimes you've got to um, you know, clap your hands to some some brilliant forward play. I can remember um at Chelsea, Palmer's opening goal. I think it was Casado with the pass and yeah, Totti was caught a little bit and Ryan annoyed, but it was a brilliant pass. It was a brilliant goal. And sometimes you don't mind that. You've got to say, well, it's a great goal. But there have been some poor defensive errors that have, that have obviously attributed to, to Wolves conceding as of late. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a running theme at times because sort of individually, a lot of the defenders have been very good. I think Max Kilman's been magnificent for, obviously, apart from the occasional game, which same for every player, but by and large, been magnificent mm-hmm. for, for quite a while now. Same with Totti Gomez. Um, and obviously we spoke about Craig already, Craig Dawson, but um, there's, I, I think it's almost a sacrifice of the way Wolves want to play. I think you look at how they played under Junior Lopetegui, very, very conservative with a focus on clean sheets uh, because of the way that, or because of the position Wolves were in with the table when he came in, it was very much a, we need to be hard to beat, nick a goal and get mm. some points on the board and survive. Gary Neal has been, despite all the outside noise of Wolves potentially struggling this season, has been desperate to play a different, a very different style of football. And he's had yeah. to adapt it here and there with the squad he's got and the, and the formation he's got and the system. And um, But he's created a team that is so good going forward that at times there has been a little bit of a lapse of concentration at the back. That has crept in occasionally. A couple of set-piece goals they've given away as well last few games. So it's something to watch. I think, I think it's an important question, important thing to bring up something to keep an eye on and Gary will be well aware of it but it's not something I would be necessarily concerned about right now I think there has to be a a bit more of a longer trend um, because there's been too many good performances from these players as well to for me to be too concerned At Molecules of You says which two of Reinhardt Nori Pedro Neto Jao Gomez Huang Hee Chan Mateus Cunha Nelson Semedo and Max Kilman would you sell in the summer if you had to and why? So, Nori, Neto, Gomez, Huang, Cunha, Semedo, Kilman. I think if you had to, if you had to, I mean, look, if you if you didn't have to, then I wouldn't say Neto, but you've got to say Neto's one of them if you had to. And then the second one, what would you say? It's a it's a, it's a good question. Neto definitely because of the the fee that you're going to get from him. Yeah. He'll, get the, he'll command the biggest fee of all of those players, I would imagine. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, because of that, I wouldn't say Huang. Jao Gomez, no. I think his ceiling's a lot higher, so I wouldn't say yeah. him. Ain't Nori, I think his ceiling again is probably going to be a lot higher in the next mm-hmm. few years. Semedo's probably a tad older. Maybe you wouldn't get as much money for him. I think we're both coming to the same answer here. Doesn't make doesn't really make a lot of sense, Semedo. I think I would go with Max Kilman. Yeah. I think you'd get at the age he's at, the way he's playing, I think you'd get a very, very good fee for him. But equally, it might be the biggest fee you're, you're ever going to get from him. So, sure. I think I think it I think it probably makes sense if if you had to. If you don't have to, don't sell any of them. <laughs> but yeah. if you have yeah. to, they're the two. Yeah, and, and look, I think we've we, we've we've debated on the podcast recently that they do need to get a central defender in in the summer, and probably two central defenders in the summer. Um, due respect to, to Santiago Bueno, but I think you need a couple of starters in there as well as him. Uh, if you are continuing to play five at the back, which I think they will. So it'll be interesting to see what they're doing this summer. But I do think that at least one absolutely nailed on first choice centre-back will come into this club, regardless of whether Max Kilman goes in the summer or not. His name's Yerson Mosquera. 
Yes, he's arrived. He's arrived. Well, we'll see how he gets on. Look, I think Wolves got big, big plans for him, but it depends on the next few months, obviously, and how he how he adapts when he comes back. But uh, yeah, I need another centre back. I need another centre back, William, for me. I need another one as well. If he is coming in and he's going to be with the first team, though, you probably don't need two. I think that's probably fair. No, but I think you need one. I think you need one real big starter coming in there. But we'll see. Yeah, I I can understand that. I can understand Um, that. Yeah. The wonder of two, if you have to choose between riding a camel to get to Newcastle away or using a penny farthing, which would it be? Well, uh, that's got, it's got to be a camel, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, that makes absolutely. sense. I mean, what, you, can't, you can't be doing, you don't have to do anything with a camel, do you? I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have a bit of backache, but goodness me. And I am going to Qatar at some point in the next few months. Oh, you so are. I'm going to be riding a camel there. So, And that's not a euphemism. Um, so. Yeah, no, I think I'll go with Cal for sure. Don't get the hump, lad. <laughs> what he did on Twitter, mate. <laughs> That's brilliant, absolutely superb. A couple of blocks pre Valentine's, you can't beat it, mate. Only a couple, <laughs> yeah, a couple of morons. <laughs> we'll have to do. We had abuse of the week last week, and poor, poor Mark had to cut it out. The uh, the, the main TV show, we can't do it again. Um, Fiery Archer, who is the next club captain? Dawson Cunha or Lamina, and why? Cunha's not a bad shout, actually, considering he's a bit younger. Um, but if I'm to if I'm to say here and now who I would choose as captain, it's the same player I would have chosen in the summer, and that would be Mario Lamina. Um, mm. Dawson is more of a lead by example kind of guy. Um, he's not a particularly big character. I mean, obviously, he's very experienced, but he's not a particularly big character. Lamina, I think, is a uh, is that kind of stereotypical captain. So I think I'd choose him. But Cunha's as a potential future shout, which I'm sort of part of the question, I think he's he's a he's a good shout actually. Last two questions, then Liam, uh, quickly, and we'll have to move on. Duke Kidderminster says, hopefully Wolves are not so reliant on him going forward. But how many current Wolves players are represented by George Mendes? I think there was a, an answer in reply to that tweet, um, which will. Uh, I, I hope is correct because it probably has got the answer more readily than I do. Um, I, I may or may not have been planning to write this out earlier and forgot. So what I can tell you is it's a lot less than it used to be um, because Wolves' reliance or over-reliance on him is uh, is no longer. And they've moved quite a few players on as well. So um, Wolves are in a better place in terms of balance, put it that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Do you want me to find the tweet for you? It's just in reply, just underneath. Yeah, so five players currently. Uh, Pedro Neto, Reinhardt Nori, Jose Sarr, Nelson Semedo, and Matt Doherty. Um, and kind of connected with this as well. Last one from Matt Witten says, Gents, do we need to look for a keeper? So Jose Sarr with, with guests a few. Do we need to look for a keeper who is comfortable playing with their feet and able to distribute as an outlet rather than a hit and hope? Uh Obviously, Jose Hassar struggling a little bit with his distribution. I think his shot stopping more often than not is is, is very good. But I'm mean, kind of caught for that first goal in no man's land as well. I mean, it wasn't just his fault, but it's terrible that the ball was even allowed to get into that area. Uh, but but you know, distribution wise has been has been struggling. And to be honest, has struggled with it since he's been here. Saying that, I think he's way uh, way 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 above the likes of. Of Dan Bentley and Tom King, etc. You know, I mean, that's that's not even close. I mean, he's the number one. You can tell he's the number one. But 
in terms of just distribution, do you think that Wolves could move on and look to find a replacement for him this summer? Yeah, it's an interesting one because Jose Sarr came in, you remember, as a replacement for Rui Patricio, as someone who can play with his feet better. Um, I think there's an argument still that Jose Sarr is better than Patricio in that regard. I think his first season proved that. But he's mm-hmm. definitely should have been uh, anywhere near as consistent, really, for Jose Sarr. Um, so we spoke about that fairly recently on the pod, and I did the thing sort of last January um, to say that Wolves definitely would have uh, looked in that market um, mm-hmm. in the summer. I definitely wouldn't rule it out. The Probably the biggest change in the last, well, since the summer, really, is that June Lopetegui's gone and, and um, Gary Neal's come in. And I think Lopetegui was fairly keen to make a change there. And I don't think Gary, Gary Neal is anywhere near as keen. Mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. we've also had a, a new contract for Jose Sarr. So um, definitely wouldn't say... It's not going to happen, and I think it's something Wolves have definitely explored previously. Um, but Gary and Neil seem, seems uh, more settled with Jose Sarr, so I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't expect him to be forced out anytime soon. Okay, love it. Thank you very much for your questions. As always, you beautiful people. Right, where's my sponsors? It is kevontosaman.co.uk. Liam uh, Keane uh, Spears did me, did me dirty last week by over-egging what he thought the price was. So we had to go up rather than down. So please don't do that to me this time. But I've gone to kellentoastman.co.uk and I've just gone straight across the screen to clearance to look at some of the offers that were available. Liam Keane, I'm looking at a beautiful, warmier, digital, listen to this. I mean, it's a bit of a mouthful, it's great. Halogen-powered rotating grill with LCD touch-to-time and temperature-control display, brand new. This is almost like a barbecue, but but as a halogen heater over the top of it. It's almost like a reverse barbecue. It looks incredible. I'm looking at the picture now. There's some asparagus on there, some cherry tomatoes. There's a corn on the cob. There's a beef kebab there. It looks insane. I mean, this is like stunning, brand-new piece of equipment. How much? How much do they Sounds pretty out? good. I can't lie. Oh. Oh, baby. I'm going to throw in 100 quid. That's why I've missed you. Lower. 75? Kino, keep going, baby. It's not, it's not going to be any lower than £52.50. I tell you what, you can keep going. £45. £45. Can you believe it? Now that's a bargain. That's a steal. Do you know what it sounds to me like? A wedding registry present. <laughs> You're not invited. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> tell you what, that is me and you game over. Well, you say that that would be, uh, the, I mean, the irony of that, having trying to invite you all over the world, not just the UK, the world, and then you get hit, so I don't even get the invite. That is game over. Bring back Joe Edwards. I'll tell you what. tell you what you would be the first sheet mate you'd be you're my number one my star striker top of the list uh, oh look at that he's pulling it back i love it i love it top table baby yeah. <laughs> any any bridesmaids lad uh right and moving on okay wow uh, whoa 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 um spurs away spurs away on saturday no matter couldn't you of course difficult game spurs uh of of course, well, both Koreans are back, aren't they? With Son's going to be back for Spurs. 
uh, came off the bench, I think, with an assist as they won late uh, on last weekend. So difficult game. Spurs obviously going for, for top four, going for Champions League. Um, what do you expect Wolves to, to pick? Do you feel that it could just be one change in um, in Cunha going out and Huang Hee-chan coming in? Noel Amina, we kind of reported while you were away, that was very close to making that match day squad, uh, has impressed a lot and maybe might come into contention arguably for a place on the bench. But in terms of a starting eleven, would you see any other changes apart from Huang for Cunha? Short answer is no. <laughs> so uh, I think speaking to Gary, obviously, and looking at um, the players he's having to leave out and the players, he's, the changes he's having to make with players coming back, leaving Tommy Doyle out was a was a difficult conversation for him to have. Now he's suggested um, that he could choose all three, could choose Lamina, Jao Gomez, and, and Tommy Doyle together. I don't think he would do that, if I'm perfectly honest, mm. for this game. Could I see it at some point in the season, perhaps, especially with Cunha being out? Um, I could see it at something like a Sheffield United. It's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout. Um, although it is at home, would he want to play an extra attacking player? But I, there's 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 definitely a possibility for that. So it's something I would keep an eye on. Mm. But for this Spurs game, I think it is. I think the team pretty much picks itself. I think it's mm. Siren goal, uh, Smedo... Kilman, Dawson, Totti, Aitnori, Gomez, Lamina in midfield, Strabby on the right, Huang through the middle, Neto on the left. Yeah, I'd be surprised if, to be honest, if it's anything other than that eleven, mm-hmm. unless there's obviously injuries we weren't aware of. Sure. But, um, that that would be the eleven I would expect, probably for the, for the foreseeable up until there's a, mm-hmm. a tactical or injury or suspension switch that he has to make. Yeah, we'll talk a little, I don't want to go on because we're coming to the end of the show, but maybe a discussion next week about, about Bellegarde and, and his Wolves career today. It's probably an interesting one, actually. It's kind of had highs and lows and for, for a variety of different yeah. reasons. And I think maybe we'll go into a little bit more uh, next week about that. But yeah, I, I completely agree. How do Wolves go and get points in this game or points? Or points? I think, and, and this, uh, maybe some people won't expect to me, probably me to say this. I think to play their exact game because I think this Wolf team is more than good enough to go to Spurs and win. We've seen it against Chelsea, obviously fairly recently, but against other big boys, so to speak, mm-hmm. we've seen them beat City, Spurs, obviously, <laughs> at Molyneux, um, get good results against good teams. And I think you have to be almost reliant a little bit on that counter-attack because Wolves have been a team that are, happy to have possession as well as counter-attack. I don't think they'll have as much possession in this game. What I think they will have is a lot of space mm-hmm. and the space at the right times. And that relies on your Neto, your Huang, your Aitnori, probably those three in particular, um, but also the players like Jao Gomez and Lamina to release the ball and, and Sarabia actually in that respect, to release the ball quickly and at the right times. And I think if Wolves play not with the uh, intention of sitting in, but with the intention of stealing the ball to be quick on the transition, that's where they'll win this game. Mm. Because I think Spurs, as good as they are, will give you opportunities and they will give you space. If you use the space well and you use the transitions and the turnovers well and attack at the the right kind of pace and timing, Wolves are more than good enough to create chances in this game and and score them. So that, I think, is... uh, 
is where Wolves draw their, from their own strengths. And um, and don't be afraid to allow Spurs to have the ball to make that happen. Um, yeah. Wolves, Wolves will steal it at the right times, whether that's defence or midfield or even closing them down while their mm. defence is in possession. Wolves will steal the ball at some point in these thirds. And that's where you create the the the, uh, the opportunities against them. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the big point for me, I think. Right. Uh, I'll do my prediction and then we'll go with yours, Liam, for the prize. Remember, retweet myself or Liam Keane. You'll be entered into the prize draw. Liam wants to let you know prior to kickoff. I'm going to say, I am going to say, well, what should we give away? For? I'll say what we'll give away. I'm going to give away, because it's Valentine's Day. I'm going to give away a bottle of champagne some beautiful truffle chocolates and a home kit, full home kit. How's that? It's not bad, is it? Not bad, that. Not bad, that. Very, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Very so, generous. It's uh, so, so a lucky winner. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to say Tottenham Hotspur 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Desmond. It's a bit of a Desmond. It's a back and forth. I do agree with you. I think that Wolves will get space. I can just see 2-1 down, 86th minute, little bit of pass. Bellegarde's on the pitch for Sarabia, just lays the ball off. Oh, and there's there's Semedo on the overlap. Semedo crosses. No, it's not. It's a bit of a shot. It's back post. It's far post. It's in. It's in. It's in. Nathan Judas Valentine. Nelson Semedo. It's 2-2, baby. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, are, you go- are you going with your prediction or my prediction for the, for your the prediction. prize? Your prediction. Okay. In that case, Welcome I also back. believe also believe there will be four goals. Oh, I would say we're going to get beat 4-0, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Spurs, one. Oh, three. Wow, he's gone for it. 3-1 win. 3-1 I think it's win gonna be, I think it's going to be a famous, a famous, famous victory. That's got nothing to do with FOMO and you missing out on, on uh, Chelsea 2, Wolves 4, has it? Nothing to do with that. I wasn't too bothered about Brentford. I was a, definitely a bit bothered about missing that Chelsea game. But I did have a little bit of fun. One of my friends on the holiday was a Chelsea fan. So we were oh. at Apres after skiing. And uh, I was, every time I goal with him, I was making sure I was ribbing him a bit. So it was, uh, it, I, I had a bit of fun with it. But yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big, famous Wolves back on track 3-1. And uh, if, if they get beat 4-0, then when's George Bennett back for Wolves? <laughs> Who? <laughs> I'm sorry, George. I didn't mean it. He's a good lad. Uh, great work, Kino. Thanks for joining me on your day off. Happy Valentine's Day to you, sir. Happy from Valentine's me, from Kino. Have a great weekend. We shall see you on Saturday at Spurs. Take care. Bye bye. In all gold and black You better retreat Cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf Is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton We're on our way back